Happy New Year! It's time to get restless. I'm Father Joseph Gill, and along with Lauren and Diane, we're here to ring in the new year with you. So, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Hope you guys didn't stay up too late last night, as it's January 1st. <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but probably most people are very glad that 2020 is over. It's been, in so many ways, kind of a rough year. I don't know, has it been a rough year for you guys? Well, I was laid off. So that was kind of rough, um, and I'm certainly hopeful to return to work. And then my main sport was canceled in March. Haven't been able to play Ultimate Frisbee for a while now, so I'd love to get back to that. Um, so yeah, it certainly impacted my normal routine, but I think I've dealt with it well. You know, I didn't ever become depressed or anxious or really fearful. I wasn't ever so worried about the virus. Um, so I had that going for me, but it certainly impacted my life. Mm. What about you, Diane? Yeah, I actually, I don't know. I thought 2020 was a defining year for me. Like, I, I feel like it um, totally changed everybody's routine, and I'm a very routine person. So it forced me to go out of my comfort zone in a lot of different ways. Um, and I grew spiritually. I grew, like, just, I don't know, I feel well-rested, like, a lot better rested um well, just not to having to commute to work and um having more time so while things were difficult and are difficult and like not being able to necessarily see as many people as i want or like you know to do the things that we used to do i feel like um i don't know the the change was kind of welcome in a way it's like a fresh uh, you know breath of fresh air yeah hitting the restart button yeah on life yeah honestly for me 2020 was not a bad year i mean certainly as you say it upended a lot of things but I had some really good times. But you missed know. us all, right? When we couldn't go I, to church. I did miss you all when you couldn't go to church. Yeah, yeah. that for me was uh, yeah, definitely... Was hard. You know, it was a hard part, but it was also a blessing. It was a blessing because it, it made me deep in my own prayer life, you know, realizing that... Because a lot of times you get, as a parish priest, you get so wrapped up in the, the day-to-day ministry of, you know, got to open the church. You got to take care of confessions. I got to do this. That I got to finally step back and be like, okay, what's the big picture here? You know, how... Like, am I serving God with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength? Like, how how can I re- recover that deep intimacy with Him? Yeah. So that was kind of a, I don't know, kind of a positive for me. That's On the awesome. whole, it's actually a pretty good year. So, what was the, what was the highlight of 2020, and what was the low light for you? Well, I think I have to say, for me, I went to Madrid in March. I've talked about this previously, but so I got to travel outside of the country this year, which I think is certainly rare for most people. <laughs> Um, and, uh, through that trip, I made a new friendship with sister Antonia. She's my spiritual director. So that's been another blessing for me. Um, I really had only heard of spiritual direction like a couple of years ago and uh, it wasn't something I thought I needed or like thought like, oh, I should try to find somebody. I, it just didn't occur to me, but then I went on this retreat and she offered it to me at the end. Uh, so we've been in communication about every month. You know, we do a little Skype call. Um, she's about my age. Like, we just kind of hit it off on that trip. We get along. I like hearing about what she's doing there because she's a religious sister. So she obviously lives a completely different life than I do. Um, <laughs> it's really inspiring. And she's like uh, several times she's just kind of corrected me, you know, or like mm. redirected me, I want to say. If, I, if I'm thinking one way or something frustrated me or oh, I feel like I hit this block 
in my spiritual life because I don't want to do 30 minutes of silent prayer every day. <laughs> you know, she'll be like, well, why don't you try going to adoration? Like, that might be better instead of doing it at home. Or the last time it was, why don't you try fasting? <laughs> and that might help you with your spiritual strength. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't want to do that. But, <laughs> you know, it's a good influence. So certainly yeah, it's, going to Spain was a highlight. And um, Spiritual direction is like having a personal trainer for your soul. Exactly. You know, nobody likes your personal trainer. I mean, they, they make you do stuff you don't want to do. Like right. stop eating donuts. And yes. Do push-ups. And, right. But in the end, you're really grateful because you're like, wow, I'm a stronger person. Exactly. That's awesome. I have a spiritual director as well, a priest up in Hartford, and I uh, see him only once every maybe three months. But uh, he keeps me on the straight and narrow. Nice. And how did you meet him? How did he become your spiritual director? So when I went to seminary down in Maryland, he was actually the, the head spiritual director of the entire house. Okay. So um, when I came to Connecticut, he was still down there. And for like 10 years, he was down there. And finally, he, uh, he became a pastor up in Forestville, Connecticut, up in Bristol. And we're EW, ESPN, not EWTN, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's based out. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I was like, oh my gosh, he's back in Connecticut. So I called him up and nice. said, hey, can you be my spiritual director? He's like, sure. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, they're harder to come by around here. But I mean, I went to the, or on the same retreat as Lauren did, different time. But um, I just texted Father Andy actually this weekend being like, hey, um, can you have the sister respond? Because I, I do want to do spiritual direction as well. I think it's uh, valuable. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that every Catholic needs spiritual direction, but it can be very helpful if you're really trying to grow in a certain area or if you're trying to discern mm-hmm. God's yeah. will. Yeah, I guess I'll just see where, you know, <laughs> see whether I need it after talking to her. You know, <laughs> it's one of those things that like you kind of wonder if you've never done it. Yeah. Am I, should I be doing this or should I not? And sometimes you don't need it regularly. You don't need necessarily need it every month, every two months. It could just be once every six months or just whenever you have questions. Yeah. Probably a good thing to have a resource. Yeah. But as a priest, I can tell you that's one thing I, I love to do a spiritual direction okay. for others. Because, yeah. you know, it, it takes you really into the, the depths of someone's soul which is kind of a beautiful, intimate place where you're kind of like, okay, where's God moving? What's God calling you to do? And it helps people grow in holiness, which is kind of cool. Awesome. So anyway, back to 2020. Yeah. What was, uh, so that was, a, that was a great highlight, actually. Thank you. To say that, you know, you've been growing closer to Christ. I mean, I hope at the end of every year, we can look back and say, wow, that year I grew so much closer to Christ. Because otherwise, what are we doing? We're wasting our time, you know? I would say most people are not thinking that way, right? <laughs> it's more like, oh, I... I meant to go to the gym more and I didn't, or I meant to lose 10 pounds and instead I gained it, you know? Yeah. Right? Like we focus on certainly the body a lot when it comes to the new year or maybe, you know, oh, I got to move up in my career this year or I want to buy my next car or do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're so focused on really these insignificant things. Yeah. So do you have any new year's resolutions? For me, spiritually speaking, I think that I want to spend more time in prayer, like dedicated prayer time, and kind of trying more of that meditative and contemplative, the silent prayer, um, Mm. because I find that, um, I mean, in 2020, the blessing, I guess, of those days that we were not able to go to Mass is that there were parishes that were open every day and had adoration, you know, at night, and so... I think I went to adoration for like, you know, 90 days. Like it was a, it was the biggest stretch of time. Like the most I've been to adoration in a long time. 
And now that I'm not going as frequently because mass is on, I do feel sort of the difference. Um, so I do think that it's important to, like, I realize in my own sort of spiritual life and, like, my tendencies and weaknesses that having that dedicated time for silence and listening to God as opposed to, like, talking at him and, you know, all of those things um, is very important. So um, that is my resolution. I don't really make that's really good one, physical though. resolutions or anything like that because yeah. I feel like I'm a disciplined person a lot of like say so you're, you're already like, very much in shape and yeah eat well and yeah exactly so I'm like disciplined in those areas I think that the prayer is something that sometimes you're like oh, I know I need to do this but I really don't want to you know it's yeah. like it's well, will over emotion so um but it's something that I know that I need I need to do and now's the time to do it <laughs> honestly like for some people and I don't know if you're in this boat Diane but you know maybe some people's resolution might be to actually like work less and rest more. That is true. And I did start to do that in 2020. I mean, I totally like I started sleeping a lot more because I like my job is just very high stress and a lot of hours. And because of no commuting, I like so how much able. how much is more like what it like how much no, do you now, sleep I, now I get between like seven and eight a night. Oh, that's really good. Um, yeah. And before I was getting a lot less. So, oh, um, yeah. And then I revamped my diet completely, like totally just restored my body, which I think is important. Like it's important to take care of your body because you're able then to kind of think better. Um, like your just emotions, mental and spiritual are all sort of, you know, everything is interrelated. So I do think that's important. Um, so you kind of have to like assess where you're at in all of those different realms of your life and, um, you know, that take is care true. of yourself. That is you true. can't, you can't help but like the biggest thing I've learned too. And that's why I'm like, my resolution is prayer is that like, you can't give what you don't have. And so prayer is so important. It's a lifeline. And that's the way that like, you know, we want to convert other people and do all these great things for Christ. But like when it comes down to it, it's like, we have to have that relationship, right? Like relationship is talking, talking to someone, being in relationship with God. And, um, it's very important. Amen. Now, can I open a, a can of worms? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so, um, and, and this is something that a lot of millennials, you know, of our generation, I guess you guys are millennials, right? Yes. yes. Okay, good. We all, right. all are. Okay, I wasn't sure if you... <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the Generation Z? That's like, I guess it's like, like 1996? 97? Yeah, is? I don't know. Okay, I, I don't know. Somebody thought I was a, a, a baby boomer the other day. I was like... What? They thought they thought that anybody over like thirty five was a baby boomer. Oh, I was no. so insulted. <laughs> Even though I'm I'm not really, I I kind of want to disown my generation at times <laughs> to be a millennial. But anyway, so so a lot of I think millennials um, love adoration, perhaps perhaps even more than the mass. So what is what is more nourishing for you spiritually, adoration or the mass? Because you had mentioned like adoration was so nourishing when the mass was gone. But now the mass is back and you're you're still going to daily mass. Yeah. Do you find it not as nourishing? I do, no, I, I mean, I, I do believe that receiving the body and blood of Jesus is nourishing. And it's one of those things that you can't necessarily feel, right? So, like, I struggle, I guess, with adoration. Sometimes I'm looking for, I'm still kind of living at that emotional level of, like, I feel peace. And I do feel peace when I go to adoration a lot of times, you know? And it's because I can step back and just be silent. I think mass sometimes, especially like Novus Ordo and Daily, I love it, but it's it's fast, obviously, you know, um, and so there's not a lot of time for like reflection and prayer, like outside of the fact that it is a prayer. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? The personal like, encounter, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I it's believe, I truly believe in like the graces that come from receiving communion and th those are things that they're not tangible, that we can't, you know, we can't underestimate what 
what the power of that is. And I, I do believe that it's completely changed my life. And that's why, like, you know, if I have to choose, I had to choose between that and adoration. There's still adoration every day at like 12, but I, I choose mass. Um, what do you think, Lauren? I would say adoration, actually. Um, especially if you can get to a point where you clear your mind and then you can sort of fall asleep. Which if you, if you <laughs> haven't done that, I guess, or if you haven't been taught that that's okay, you'd probably feel horrible about yourself, as I did when I started my retreat because I fell asleep in the first three adorations. <laughs> Afternoon, <laughs> the first night, and the first morning, and I was doing the head bobbing thing, you know? Where, like, Definitely you did not. that too. Yep, oh, and yeah. I'm like, oh my Been gosh. There. So there. like by the third one, so the, the, thir- the morning, like the first morning, I was like, okay, I have to sit by the side wall so I can just rest my head on the wall and I'll stop bobbing it. So, you know, I was embarrassed and I'm like, all these sisters are behind me and I'm asleep in adoration. And then shortly after that, we had the talk on silent prayer and they explained you should clear your mind and you may actually fall asleep. And I was like, oh my gosh, was I doing it? (laughs) Or was I just tired? Because I'm exhausted because I flew over here and then I had a full day and then I didn't sleep the first night because that's when the president got on the air like, we're locking down the border. You know? Oh, geez. Yeah, so it was he- hectic. My dad called me at like 3 a.m. Spain time, like, Lauren, you have to come home. I'm like, it's 3 a.m. I'm going to try to sleep. And then, of course, <laughs> I couldn't sleep, right? Because I'm like, oh, gosh, do I have to go back? Do I have to find a new flight? Is my flight going to be canceled on Sunday? Right? So anyway, that's like how my trip started. Oh, my gosh. But I did um, have this experience, you know, of falling asleep in adoration and um, was taught that, you know, that's uh, resting in the Holy Spirit, I guess. And you know, the Holy can Spirit be. can it kind can of, be. right, exactly. <laughs> if you're tired, you're tired. But if you can clear your mind, right, and maybe fall asleep, then um, the Holy Spirit can kind of take over and, um, like, heal your spirit, right? Because a lot of our souls are damaged. Sure. So there can be, like, a healing that you don't know, you know, what's going on. You're not conscious of it, but you might wake up and you're a little out of it. Or so. That's there, yeah, there's a grace to just being in the presence yeah. of Jesus and just allowing him to do the work right. in your soul. So that is something I've noticed, and I've been able to replicate it a few times since that retreat, like maybe three. <laughs> and it's been months. So I should probably be in adoration more. Um, but when I go to Mass, I don't, I don't really have that connection. And I'm still like, I know now, you know, heaven is opened up and Jesus is present, Mary all the angels, you know, everyone that I know that's passed. Like, I, I know that, and I look at you holding it, and now I imagine Jesus is there, right? Like, kind of maybe over you or or something. But it still just feels like I'm at Mass, like, going through the motions. I don't mm. know. So I'm trying. I'm trying to grow there. And like Diane said, I know that there's grace from the Eucharist, um, but it, there's it's just a different experience in adoration. So it really is. Yeah. I think, you know, God has raised up adoration during this particular time in history as kind of like the devotion. You know, when we do our youth groups and we do, you know, middle school youth group every other Friday, and I am amazed at how sixth graders love to go out of adoration, you know, and high school teens like hunger for it. And they're like, you know, cause at the end, you know, I usually play some music, we'll have some silence. And then at the end of like 20 minutes, I'll say, all right, guys, you know, we're going to have a snack in the other room, but you can pray as long as you want. And I leave and I'm like by myself in the other room because they're all still in adoration. No, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm eating all the yeah, snacks myself. But <laughs> Can I ask you a question? So what would you say to someone who will say to you, well, but God's everywhere. So 
why do I need to go to adoration? Or what's so special about adoration? Um, it is true that God is everywhere. Um, but I think even all of us have had that experience of having certain places where God's presence is a little stronger. It can be kind of perceived stronger. You know, you mentioned one time in your episodes about your pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and you kind of experienced God in a deeper way than you do on, you know, the Atlantic Street in Stanford. Right. You know, and I mean, the most, the most tangible way in which God is present on the earth is in the Eucharist, in his true body and blood, right? So, so he's spiritually present everywhere, but he's physically present in one location. You know, it's almost like if you would say, you know, my mom is always present to me because I remember her, she's in my mind, you know, her love, I know, continues across the, you know, the span of, you know, several states because my mom's down in Maryland. But the truth is, it's no substitute for actually sitting there across the room from my mom. You know, that's the analogy I would use. No, but, that's a great one. Thank you. But yeah, I hear you about the adoration. You do get kind of that, that special grace of just being in peace. And I think it's so countercultural because we live in a noisy world that to take some time of silence allows us to reconnect. And, uh, and the, the mass does take more work, I think, to engage. You know, it takes that, that attention, that real like listening. But, uh, you know, I mean, we look, when we look at it objectively, of course, the mass is of infinite value. You know, so it is actually of a higher value than adoration. But, but I think both complement each other very well because adoration leads us deeper into the Mass, into that personal friendship with Christ, which then we can gain more graces from the Mass itself. When we come back, that was a great diversion. I don't know where, <laughs> where we went. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the new year and particularly the feast day that we celebrate today, the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God. Stay tuned. Hey, did you know you can take Veritas Catholic Network with you wherever you go? All you have to do is download the Veritas Catholic Network app. Then you can listen to the live broadcast 24 hours a day. You can also grab podcasts of our original shows like Let Me Be Frank and Restless and much more. Right at your fingertips and on your phone. Download the Veritas Catholic Network app today at the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store. Or visit www.veritascatholic.com. And welcome back to Restless. Happy New Year's. Hope you're enjoying your celebration and your day off of school and work. We've been talking about the new year and Diane shared her uh, wonderful New Year's resolution of kind of hitting up adoration more. Lauren, what's your New Year's resolution? So I came up with a spiritual resolution this year. This is a first for me. I'm not someone that has ever thought I should try to grow in my spiritual life, um, you know, up until this year. And this is probably pathetic to the two of you, but I would like to say the rosary on all the Marian feast days this year. That's beautiful. Nice. Okay. But you That's say beautiful. the rosary every day. Yeah, so but... It, I'm talking like, I think it's 18 days. And then in addition to that, I want to redo the consecration to Jesus through Mary in the month of May. And I feel like this is an attainable resolution. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so it's out there and you all can check up on me. I'll say, I'll text, I'll text you on the Marian feast days because yeah, they're easy like, to forget hey, sometimes. Reminder. Right. Like, <laughs> reminder. You're like, oh, okay. Including today... Which is a great exactly. Marian feast day, the feast of Mary, the mother of God, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, my New Year's resolution, I guess, is a little bit more nebulous than that. It's just to kind of be more patient. Oh, well. Which is. I'm not constantly I... trying to work on my patience. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of mine, too. Yeah. I, was... I can understand that. I've been reading this great book by a, a, a guy by the name of Ralph Martin, a wonderful Catholic writer, and he 
this book called Fulfillment of All Desire about one spiritual journey. And he makes this interesting link between pride and impatience. Because a lot of times impatience springs from pride. Because mm. when I'm driving, I think that everyone on the road should bow to me, mm. right? You should go my speed and do what I tell you, <laughs> you know? And and when I read that, I was like, oh, that, that hits home. It hits home, you know? Yeah, and it's annoying being the other car because we were just driving here and there was someone who's shining his lights really <laughs> deep into. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought I, I was going fast I don't think that enough. was me, but. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think it was you. No, but. it wasn't me, but yeah. So that's, that's and, and that one's hard to measure, right? Because at the end of the day, I look back and I was like, well, did I, did I do that or did I not, you know? But, but the daily examine sort of of, you know, analyzing whether you were patient in those situations. I mean, you can start to gauge it after a while. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. I, I once heard someone say, if you work on one vice, overcoming one vice every year, you'll be perfect by the end of your life. Right? If you have 65 yeah. years of life or whatever, you, I mean, that's 65 vices you can overcome. Now, <laughs> it's almost, although sometimes the spiritual life's like whack-a-mole. You ever feel that way? Yeah. You're like, I'm going to work on this vice. Oh, no, another one popped up over here. Bam. Oh, no, another <laughs> one popped up. And, you know, I just find that myself. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's good. I was trying to work on temperance for a while to feel like um, it was kind of along a fitness goal, which is kind of like a constant thing for me. And I usually redo that every year, you know, as most people do. So last year it was I was going to work out in the mornings because I found that for me, there's too often things that will happen after work that I couldn't stick to the gym. And sometimes it was a coworker was in town from Chicago and she was offering to take us to dinner. And it's like, well, if the company's paying, you know, <laughs> sure. Or some coworkers were like, hey, we're going to go hit the volleyball. I'm like, yeah, I like volleyball. So I'll go with you to hit volleyball. But now I was compromising, you know, my time in the gym. So I did that for like a month and a half, you know, but then also it turned into a crazy year. Um, so I generally have a fitness goal and certainly going into 2021, I still just want to become more toned, you know, gain strength as an athlete. You can only just improve your strength, um, get faster, protect your ligaments and all that. So that's another one for me. But then alongside that is the diet part. So that's why I had started with temperance, like learning, you know, kind of to say no. Or mm. I found this was a thing at work too. Like, you know, um, there might be a conference with lunch and the sandwiches are provided and then mm. everything that's left over is in the kitchen. Yes. So you can just go in and take anything and it'd be yeah. like, oh, I'm going to have that sandwich, but I already ate lunch. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, no, learn to say no to those things, right? I don't need it. Um, I already ate, like, it's nice to have free food, but yeah, come on, like, it's just strengthening that, that will, you know, to say no or to not overdo it. It's true. The no muscle, right. as they say. So yeah. do you, do you drink protein shakes? I don't. Because that's a penance in and of itself. <laughs> that's... <laughs> I found I had, a good one. Did you? Really? I had ch a chocolate one today. Whoa, mm. good yeah. and protein shake. I've how many? I'll give you the same name. How many grams of protein is in it? Twenty. Okay. That seems like a good amount. It's plant based. I think a lot of them. Oh. It tastes like chocolate milk. <laughs> a lot nice. of them have like I don't know, fifty grams of protein, or yeah. something like and ridiculous. It like dust. They think the higher. Yeah, in which case, you're like, all right, gross. well, I'm not some muscle man trying yeah. to like gain 20 pounds of muscle here like yeah, and i'm still eating lean chicken breast would be <laughs> yeah. probably a little tastier right. even with nothing on it exactly those are other great sources of protein well speaking of temperance that's actually a great connection to the next question which is how do you usually spend uh, new year's do you stay so, up to midnight watch the ball drop <laughs> i used to but the past two years we've been blessed to have priests who have 
we, you know, we just asked if we could have a young adult mass at midnight. So the past two years, we had a young adult mass at midnight, and it was beautiful. Um, the first year was with Father Andy, so we did it at mid. We had like adoration and some music before, and uh, then mass, and then we went to the diner at like three o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> last year, we did the diner first at like ten o'clock, and That's then <laughs> we did the adoration, confession, and then mass, and it was just a beautiful way to start the new year. That is a great way to start the new year. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. I'm not in mass. No, you're partying hardy. <laughs> it varies, you know. Like I'm, I don't have a annual tradition. Um, I don't always have a party to go to. Uh, sometimes, yes. Um, sometimes my cousin and, and I will look at each other on Christmas Day like, are you doing anything? Are you doing anything? Let's do this. You know, uh, two years ago, my brother Brian had us down to his apartment in New York City. And that was fun. It's very small, you know, but it's homey at the same time. And then like right at midnight, we went to the bar down the corner and there happened to be a live band and a DJ and I love a live band. There's just something about it, especially if they're good, right? Like mm. if they sound good. <laughs> so that was super fun. Um, nice. Or I've gone out with just a friend. Like a few years ago, Ohio State played on New Year's Eve. So I went and watched that with my friend, and then they got shut out. So that oh, was no. quite, so not fun. quite disappointing. Yeah. So for me, it kind of depends on the year. But Yeah. Do what something. do you do, Father Joseph? Well, Usually I sleep. I was just going to say, are you in bed before <laughs> midnight? <laughs> I, sleep is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> but I'll tell you, the, the most memorable New Year's was when the millennium turned. So I was 15 years old. I don't know how old you were if you remember. Do you remember when 2000 We were, 11. We were 10, weren't we? So you should remember it, right? I, mean, I, it only comes I, around I, once I remember like years. being oh, scared 10, or something. Like oh, because of the Y2K business? Yeah. Yeah, so we were like kind that. of excited about that. And like my parents really were... Um, like big preppers for Y2K. So we had like, you know, four months of food in our basement. It was great. Wow. And so we're, yeah, no New Year's, we were kind of like counting down. We were really excited for it. And so New Year's Eve, I wake up with the flu. And I'm like, oh man. So I ended up going to bed at 8 p.m. on the night that like it was going to change millennia. Mm-hmm. And my mom woke me up at like 11.58 being like, the ball's going to drop. You got to come and see the new millennium. So I went and just like stumbled into the room. Still had this like flu groggy head. The ball dropped and like, that was anticlimactic. I'm going back to bed. Mm-hmm. That was definitely the most memorable. Back in those year. days, my cousins and I would always go out in front of my aunt's house to bang pots and pans. Did you all do that? No. No. Yeah. So that's something that my mom did. And then we did it. And I just looked it up, and it's just to um, ward off the evil spirits, I guess. That's the, you know, folklore or whatever. I was one time with our with a Hispanic family from the parish, and we stayed up till midnight on New Year's Eve. And they they make this, uh, like, this effigy of a baby doll. They actually, like, put it, like, this straw baby doll. And then they take it out front, and they burn it. Why? Because it's a symbol of, like, burning away the old year. Oh. It was disturbing. Okay. Was what if you troubled. enjoyed the year? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was kind of disturbing. Uh, different traditions. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Do you all have pork on New Year's Day? No. Is that your tradition? Yeah. So that was another thing that my mom did. Um, so what, we usually have fresh ravioli from Arthur Ave, which is a real treat. That's oh, yeah. Rare. And then my mom makes gravy, which is tomato sauce. And then pork sausage. So like we're having an Italian meal like we normally do. Or randomly I'll mix it up and be like, how about pulled pork and mac and cheese? Because like I'm in the mood to make mac and cheese. But yeah, we tend to have pork. And I looked that one up too. It's that a pig always moves forward. 
So really, they moving, can't move backwards. They're moving forward to the. Well, I yeah. guess they're always walking forward to eat. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> what a lot of us are doing too, right? Oh, is, uh, <laughs> where's our next meal? So I don't that's know. right. That's another folklore thing. That's awesome. That's interesting. Yeah. I go to watch the polar bear plunge at the beach. Do you really? Yeah. One year I did that. Did you? I did. I, well, it wasn't like to raise money. It was just a friend and I just wanted to do it. Yeah. I so wanted we, to do it too. My mom was like, please don't. Oh, you should. Like, yeah. Should. It was great. Yeah. Was Maybe great. I'll do it this year. Yeah. We climbed up on an iceberg. Oh, wow. It was in a lake. It was great. Okay. Yeah, this is really just fun. a test point. It's a How gross, long were you but... in the water? Mm, 10 minutes or so. That's long. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Most people yeah, just go was, in and out. Yeah. It's like dunk and then come back We wanted out. to swim out to the iceberg. It was floating in the lake and climb on it. It was fun. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It was really cold. I don't regret it at all. <laughs> so, you know, the great blessing of today is not only is it New Year's Day in the secular world, it's also a great feast in the Catholic world, the feast of Mary, the mother of God. How awesome that is. So, I mean, why do you think like we give this day to Mary? I mean, it's kind of a significant day, January 1st. Well, I had a thought about this, that Mary is always leading us to her son right? So with the first day of the year, it's almost like setting up all of us that she's going to lead us to her son this mm. year. Whether or not you acknowledge it and, or not, or if you even know that it's a Marian feast day, um, since she is the mother of God, right? This is such an important role. She's our guide, you know, bringing us closer to Jesus, hopefully. And, then, and it's also kind of beautiful, right? Like every year you have this chance to get closer and closer and closer. Yeah. It's also the like year. the octave of Christmas too, so she gets that day, and then I I had heard that January or New Year's Day is designated as like World Day of Peace. She's Queen of Peace, so oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. From a secular standpoint, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Huh, that would make sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I think it's so cool that we dedicate the whole year to her every year. Mm -hmm. That feast of Mary, the Mother of God, to. Kind of was, you know, kind of, it came from this council back in the 400s called the Council of Ephesus, where they were kind of debating, like, can you really call Mary the mother of God, right? Because she's, I mean, if if she's the mother of God, wouldn't that make her God, right? She birth, she gave birth to God. And so they kind of had this big debate, and they finally realized, well, wait a second, if she gave birth not to, like, Jesus's divinity, she gave birth to Jesus, who's both human and divine, right? So you give birth to a person, not to a nature, not to a, you know, a... a not to what you are, but who you are. And so that's why they can call Mary the mother of God. And that, that's kind of where that feast came from, was just being able to say, Mary, you know, she had this totally unique role in all of salvation history. And so it's worth like honoring her with a day. And she gets, as you mentioned, how many days was it? I think it's 18. 18, 18 feast days in mm -hmm. the year. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. How fitting for her mm -hmm. to lead us to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us on this New Year's episode of Restless. Here's your challenge. In this new year, make a resolution that's going to impact your spiritual life. You know, there's a lot that we do for our physical life to lose weight or to get in shape, but also one to help you grow so that this time next year when we're celebrating New Year's 2022, you can look back on 2021 and say, I grew closer to Christ during that year. Thanks so much for joining us. You've joined us on 1350 AM Veritas Catholic Radio and also wherever you get your podcasts from here in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Signing off. Have a great day.